The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello everybody and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Banker19, and joining us is Portia. Hello. Hi, Mate. how are you? Yeah, not bad. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's getting closer and closer to that very special day, isn't it? The draft. I thought you meant Christmas, but uh, yes, we'll go with the draft as well. I uh, look at Port Adelaide. Last year, certainly our Christmas came early, and was, um, who knows, might happen was, this year that too. That was Christmas. That was Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Parker was was, uh, was Santa Claus, <laughs> and uh, Kane Mitchell was uh, someone's little elf. So absolutely, yeah. That's it. Look, there's really not much else to discuss tonight. There's no news. It's no, uh, very dull. You know, it's pretty much uh, outside of that now. So let's just go straight into it. And uh, we're going to start tonight with a bang. One of the biggest and best players in this year's draft, Luke Davies Uniac, who's oh, 187 centimetres from yep. Danny Nong Stingrays. He's an inside midfielder, plays a bit like Callum Ward. Um, had a, despite him being one of the best players um, in this year's draft, he had a pretty inconsistent national championships, to be honest. He picked up 34 um, touches in a best-on-ground display against the Allies, but um, wasn't able to reach those heights again. Picked up 14 and 16 touches against Vic Metro in South Australia. So he had a pretty inconsistent time um, at the highest level. Yeah, no, it's a little bit surprising. Um, I certainly can't explain it because when you see what he actually does it's all really good and he's he's hard to stop and you know he's got that really great he's got a really great midfielder build like he in this draft he is the big midfielder that everyone sort of goes wow next nat five sort of thing about um he's yeah but the fact that he didn't manage to sort of dominate in a, especially in a league where there's no tagging <laughs> um yeah yeah that that's kind of a bit weird and i don't understand why that was the case yeah that needs um a bit more emphasis and explanation, I think, on, on why that actually happened. At TAC Cup level, we averaged 24 touches and four marks. Mm. Uh, clearances and tackles a game. Uh, also kicked a goal a game as well. Uh, but look, for me, look, he's he's a triple threat. You know, he's got size, he's got strength, and he's got vision. Um, he's got a body, which means he's going to step straight into AFL footy from round one, just like Ollie Wines and Sam, Sammy, yep. uh, Sammy Powell Pepper did. Um, you know, he can stand up in tackles, really hard to bring down. He's got really good agility. Um, I think he's got elite agility. The way he can sort of change direction on a dime is wonderful. Um, you know, he's got good skills, good handball skills. He wins clearances, you know, runs hard. He's actually, he looks like he shouldn't be that quick, but he's actually surprisingly very quick as well. Look, he's got, um, as a talent package, he's got absolutely everything going for him. There's no doubt about that at all. Um, he's you got that. You're right about the agility, and I, I think that as much as anything, it's because the brain keeps up. That like I think he's a really quick thinker, um, and I think that shows in uh, how he plays. Um, his balance is fantastic. Like that's why he can manage. That's why he holds his place in a contest. Is because he 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 has that innate understanding of what sort of impact is coming, and he adjusts for it. Mm. And that is super rare. That's super rare to be able to do that. Mm. Um, he, yeah, look, he's a really top prospect. Uh, I, I, if you're looking for deficiencies, like if you say, okay, what are his specific deficiencies? I can't really pinpoint them. Um, <laughs> I would say probably yeah. consistency from quarter to quarter. Well, that's it. Um, yeah, but... 
But then again, like he had a massive final series under pressure um, for Danny <laughs> Nong. So that was that, that so, sort of made up for his poor sort of couple of games at the champs, I think. Yeah. So is that a consistency issue, or is that a team thing, or what? What else could it be? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, to me, I reckon he loves being the guy, like the main yeah. guy. Um, and yeah. I, th- I reckon he thrives on it. And when he's not not the number one guy, and he's got a couple of other guys who are as good as him, uh, I think he can sort of maybe struggle a little bit when he's not like uh, when he's not the player that everybody looks to, sort of thing. Well, uh, it might, so that, that might be a, a criticism or a negative as well. I guess the way I mean the way you're describing it makes it seem like an attitude thing, but the reality probably is that he just it's not that he it's an attitude thing, but probably just that he has not at lower levels been required to play as a anything other than the first midfielder. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, look, I don't think he's arrogant or uh, no, it's an no. attitude problem. I think it's just no. he's used to being the main man, and yeah. um, when he's not, he can maybe. Go missing is probably a bit harsh, but sort of a less harsh term of work, that. Um, I think you mean to say work out what his role on the side is. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. So where do you have him in this year's draft? High, very high, um, just because he is that guy that, um, you know, apart from that sort of consistency for the championships, like he's everything. Um, top three, you'd think. Oh, he'll definitely go top three. Uh, he's a very, very big chance to go number one, I think. I've got him number two. I've had him anywhere from one to five, really, this year. Um, and I just keep finding reasons to like him more and more and push him back up the rankings again. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Cam Rain is better. I think he's a bit more explosive. He's got more X-factor, got more match-winning capability. But when you look at some of the things that Luke Davies-Uniac does... Um, mm. Look, he's got match-winning capability written all over him as well. And um, There was one breakaway clearance which led to a goal from 50 against uh, Vic Metro, which I thought was absolutely stunning at the champs. Uh, and, look, if he can do that sort of thing at AFL level, then uh, then look out. Absolutely agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, what's his ceiling, do you think? What do you mean ceiling? I don't think he's got one, has he? As he's in how... Ex- just how high do you think he's going to go at AFL level? Is he is he going to end up being you know like a five or six time All Australian, you know, potential Brownlow medal winner, or do you think he might be a little bit less than that? Well, look, I mean, the fact that he's played as the guy at every level, uh, uh, you know, except for obviously at championships, so much um, with the, you know down on the team. Um, yeah, well, look, I mean, I I, I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder, really. Um, I can't think that he'd be anything other than a first-rate player for a team. Yeah. Uh, he he might not be the the Brownlow winner, but he'll probably be the club best and fairest. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of times he'll probably be an Australian. If, if I was going to, you know, make a make a guess, that would be my 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 approximate guess. I'd reckon. Yeah. Look, I've I've tried to think about this, and I'm I, I think. Someone like Rayner and probably Paddy Dell as well, I think their ceiling's a, a bit higher than what Luke Davies Uniac is. But I think his mm-hmm. floor is a lot higher than what Dow and Rayner's is. Yeah. In that I think yep. with Rayner, there's still maybe a chance that he might not be as good as what um, we all think he might turn out to be. Maybe the same with Paddy Dow and, and Jaden Stevenson as well. But I think Luke Davies Uniac, you can pretty much lock in that he's going to play 200, 250 games, I reckon. Um, at a pretty decent standard. I, I equate what I reckon he's going to turn out to be is someone like a bit of a Bryce Gibbs and that he's 
Probably not at the absolute elite level, but he's just at that rung underneath. Look, I mean, I'm not sure I'd use Bryce Gibbs as the comparison. Um, I, I don't think they're a similar kind of player, really. Um, no, but I, I, I don't, I don't I think agree. it's type of player. I think it's more like output. As it, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Like, when I say sub-elite, it sounds like a bad thing, but it's not. It means you're just maybe not at that absolute top rung. But that's still enough to be a club captain and a club best and fairest and yada, yada, yada. You know, that's... That's still really good. You just might yeah. not be the the what are they what do they call them the franchise player? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, you could say Scott Thompson or someone like that as well. Like you know, someone that's going to play two hundred and fifty very high level games, but may not be in the top sort of five or six in the competition, sort of thing in his position. Yeah, Ollie Wines. <laughs> Ollie Wines. That's another. That's another good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably probably not an unfair comparison. Yes, indeed. Um, right, next player, Lockie O'Brien, who's 184 centimetre, 75 kilo, um, outside middle forward flanker from Bendigo. I reckon he's a lot like Alan Didak, the way he plays. Yeah, um, he's, he's very left-sided. Yes, indeed. Um, look, he was pretty impressive at the um, last year's championships as a bottom major. He averaged uh, 15 touches a game in, uh, in his two games there. Uh, he probably didn't deliver on his promise at this year's champs. He averaged 16 disposals across three games, averaged two tackles. Um, but he only had uh, seven contested possessions across his three matches in total. Uh, so he's very much an outside player. Mm. Um, and he was criticised by that from uh, the Vic Country coach, I think, uh, who said he, he really needed to sort of find a way to get into the game um, on a couple of occasions uh, during the championships and... Well, he is very much outside. He's got an elite left foot kick. He could possibly be the best kick in this year's draft. In I his... think he's right up there. Definitely. In terms of pinpointing targets on short distances, long distances, like he can just he can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's quite energetic. Uh, I think despite his low contested possession stats, I think uh, he does like to get involved at stoppages. I think he's best when he can sort of receive the ball in, in, uh, in space, though. And, uh, look, if you've got a kick like that, you don't want to be in and under, really, do you? No. Look, I mean, the, the player comparison I had was more uh, Jason Ackermanis um, because of that that excellent long kick that is quite accurate and the fact that I think he'll probably develop into that midfielder as he gets older and a bit bigger, I suppose. Um, not that he's going to get huge or anything, but, you know, just that that bit more AFL-ready. Um, yeah. his, kick, his kick is ridiculous because it's just so consistently accurate um, and overall distances too, which is the fantastic thing about him. Um, he he is outside, but you can probably live with that. Um, I don't know. Would he be being criticised if um, Uniac had had a dominant championship series? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because the ball would be coming out then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, look, I mean, he's a, he's a for what he is, which is, in my view, it's sort of a I guess a wing half forward. Um, he is excellent. You you pick him for that role for sure. Yeah, look, there's going to be a lot of clubs keen on uh, on his foot skills and wanting to bring them in. Um, this is where I kind of wish we had a first-round pick because he's the player that I would pick with that pick. He's your Hamish Hartlett up forward, yes. yes. Yeah, with my uh, with my <laughs> want this year to uh, to bring in elite foot skills. He's just about the most elite in the in the whole draft this year. Mm. And, look, he can kick goals as well. Like, he can slot goals from 55 out uh, without too many dramas, I think. Um, so he's... Certainly got the package up forward. I think he's got certainly midfield capability in the future. Um, 
yeah, there's there's a lot to like about him, but uh, I guess there's probably a few things not to like about him as well. Yeah, um, he's a he's a I guess you'd call him a position player, you know. Mm. <laughs> really, um, he's going to be really good at one thing. Uh, he might develop more aspects to his game, but there's plenty of teams that need that one thing. So, um, you know, he's got an AFL career. You'd think. I, would, I can't imagine he wouldn't. So. Oh, no doubt. No doubt at all. Yeah. I think he'll play plenty of AFL footy and uh, and teams will just want to get him into the side as quick as possible and uh, try and get him up to speed so that uh, he can start using those uh, foot skills to the advantage of his teammates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about wanting to get better foot skills on the side. And gee, wouldn't it be nice to add him to a, a team with a few tall forwards in it now? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, just imagine him uh, doing that sort of Gus Mumphreys type role, um, sort of uh, you know parading around the the forward flank and, and around the fifty metre mark, and uh, you know he'd be pretty deadly at Adelaide Oval, I reckon. Ah, oh, honestly, either that or like a, a Stuart Jew two thousand and one sort of running out the wing and booming at sixty metres to uh, target. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you see him sort of uh, going on draft night? Look, I don't know. Um, the class is there. But that one dimensionality is also there, which kind of says to me, without you know having ranked it or anything like that, because you know I'm not you, um, I'd probably say ten to twenty somewhere, probably at the higher end. Yep. Um, yeah. I think that's fair. I think um, someone like St Kilda will be the first team to to really look at him with seven and eight. Um, look, they could really do with uh, with his foot skills. They and it would, it would help to release uh, Jack Billings a bit more as well, I reckon, having someone like Lockie O'Brien in the side. I think the Dogs at 9 would be keen, Carlton at 10, I think uh, GWS at 11, Adelaide at 12. Pretty much anyone after 7. I think he'll probably the lowest he'll go is, oh, I reckon, maybe 15 at Brisbane. I reckon they jump on him there. Um, mm. But I think he'll be long gone by then. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree. Mm. So, yeah, he's certainly one to watch. He's a, yeah. he's a big talent. I agree. Uh, next one is Kane Farrell, who's 180 <laughs> centimetre, 72 kilo, uh, back flanker or outside midfielder from Bendigo. Um, he played three matches at the Champs, averaged 14 touches a game, uh, playing on halfback and a wing. Had a pretty consistent year at TAC Cup level, averaging 17 touches and over five inside 50s a game. Uh, he can play as a small defender. Uh, he can run through the midfield. Um, Kind of similar to Lockie O'Brien, I reckon he's got a wonderful kick. He's one of my favourite kicks in this year's draft as well. And uh, he can be super, super dangerous when he's on song. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kano? I feel like he's... I think the similarity for me with O'Brien is more that he's extremely outside, in my view. Um, he does seem to end up in traffic a lot, but I think that his nature is not that. Um, and I think that he, he, runs, he runs to position uh, well when the ball's moving up and down the ground, but he kind of is always, when you see him do something good, it's because he's been made part of a chain by someone else, in my view. Okay. Well, at, least, yep. at least in the games I've seen, um, which is not necessarily a terrible thing if you know for someone playing that role. Like you could say that, some, well, certainly previously, before this year, you could say that about Jared Pollock um, yep. and, until he changed his game. And I'd say he's probably in that sort of category of player of the guy that at this stage, he's just a bit too much outside. Um, and he's going to have to develop um, a better, a more versatile game to succeed at AFL level. So what you're saying is he's the finisher? He's the finisher. He's the finisher, yes. I I, I guess that's what I'm saying, but <laughs> I, I guess that's... We've 
there's been a lot of people that have tried to claim that title in the past at Port Adelaide. Um, and two that I can think of, one is a little bit relevant to this year, which is Chris Nash, which didn't work out. Um, Nathan <laughs> yeah. Loney was meant to be another one, if you recall. Um, you know, like that's the the, the, the the guy that is the finisher or the, the super outside player, like that can go either way. Um, I'm bullish on Lockie O'Brien because he has a lot to his game and he has that supreme accuracy. I think Farrell has a bit less. Um, I think his handball handling looks a bit fumbly at times, and I don't. This is, this is the thing that probably, well, it's not that unfair because he's playing in the same side as O'Brien. But you know, hmm. I, I kind of wonder whether like him playing for a shit side in Bendigo was more evident, more evidently displayed flaws in his game than um, O'Brien. Yeah, look, quite possibly because he is quite outside. I think, mm. um, and the role he sort of plays, he's meant to sort of create from the back line, and yeah. Uh, yeah my, Maybe didn't work out too much for him at TAC Cup level this year. He was pretty consistent, but uh, he probably didn't reach the heights that I thought he might get. Maybe some others thought he might get either. I think my biggest knock on, on Kane Farrell is that he can sometimes try to do too much with the bowl and he sort of works himself into trouble. I think his evasive work isn't anywhere near as good as what he thinks it is at this point in time. Yes. Um and that can sort of lead him to panic kick or get smothered or get tackled, run into yep. trouble, that sort of thing. Um, and that's something that I think can be worked on over time. Obviously, you think back to what Jasper Pittard used to be in his first three years in uh, at AFL level, and uh, maybe he still is, but um, he certainly sort of improved that sort of um, you know bucking wild donkey side to his game a fair bit. And I feel like Kane Farrell will be the same at, at AFL level. I think once he gets up to that speed, I think um, he's going to be a pretty dangerous player. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, he's got potential, but he's going to have to he's going to have to be well coached. He's going to work very hard to achieve that potential, which is why I'm not he's not first round for me for sure. He's probably late no. second. No, I think um, yeah, maybe even a little bit further back than that maybe. as well. Yeah, late second, still thirty-five or so. So I reckon, you know, in this draft, that probably might be about where he goes. But yeah, yeah. Look, I rate him highly, and by rate him highly, I mean I've got him at uh, number thirty-two in my ranking. So okay, there you go. He's, he's not uh, not heaps high, but uh, he's you know, he's around that sort of second, late second round mark. I think he'll sort of start to get looked at around there, and might fall late, could easily fall to the rookie draft as well. Um, I would love for Port to be interested in him because I I really like his skills and like what he might be able to bring to the table. I think other teams like Collingwood, Frio, possibly Melbourne, uh, maybe Hawthorne as well might be interested in him too. Fair enough. Uh, if he ends up at Port, that's okay, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I reckon at that pick there might be another player that I'll go, oh, gee, I'd rather have Bar, but I don't know who that would be at this point. Yeah, look, I would probably have others... Ahead of him at our pick, yeah. um, but look if if he gets to our third pick and he's still on the table, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd be happy to uh, to pull the trigger on, uh, yep. on Kane Farrell. Fair enough. Uh, next player is a Chainquath GF. Uh, what a great I'm name! Going to call CJ from now on because I'm not going to be able to pronounce that ten times in the next five minutes. Um, oh. Who's a 185 centimeter um, player from Gippsland? He's part of Hawthorne's Next Generation Academy. Boo. Uh, yeah, boo. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a forward flanker. He can play on the wing. He's kind of a bit like Josh Hill, I guess. Um, maybe a bit more of an athletic version of him. Um, how much have you seen of CJ, and what were your thoughts? 
Look, I've seen a bit of him, and um, he's very raw, um, but he's lots of talent. Like, he's kind of like an un... Oh, no, that's not really a good comparison. I don't have a really good comparison for him. I don't I don't, I don't know if I've seen a player like him uh, at uh, AFL level. Um, he's got a really good... He's got strong attacking instincts. He has great ability to just run and jump and do everything you want him to do. I think the fact that he might end up at Hawthorne is going to be interesting because he's kind of like an alternate version of Jarman <laughs> um, mm. in that I think his strengths are similar, just that athleticism, but I think his finishing lets him down. Um, and I think that you can see he's working really hard to develop other aspects of his game, like those intangibles, like remembering to block for your teammates and things like that, which is good to see. Um, but it doesn't look instinctive yet. It looks like he's still learning the game, yeah. uh, which I suppose is what the Academy oh, Picks yeah. is really all about. So, you know, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, that's it. He's so raw. He's basically sashimi, really. He's, um, you know, he's yeah. very athletic, though. I, I do like his athleticism. He's quite quick. Mm. He's got a massive leap. Um, can turn on a dime, uh, good evasiveness. Um, his skills are very much a work in progress. They are below average at the moment, um, and that his kicking is one area that definitely needs to improve. Um, and it can sort of let down the good things that he does at, at times. He kicked one goal eight for the season at TAC Cup level. When you, If you're playing up forward, you probably need to do better than that. Um, he does miss targets. His decision-making needs improvement, but as we said, he's very, very raw. And I think that'll come in time. I think um, uh, Hawthorne have nominated him uh, for the draft, so which means that someone's going to have to bid on him if they want him. Uh, so w- where do you sort of see him fitting on draft night? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I think he's going to end up at Hawthorne. Um, yeah, I think so. So... I think that if a bid comes, it will probably be in that early third round period when the draft is getting a bit thin and maybe someone wants to take a punt um, or just forced Hawthorne to use a pick uh, or give something up at least. So, mm. yeah, that would be my guess. If a bid's going to come on draft night, it's going to be sort of 50-plus, I reckon. Um, I can see him just going straight to Hawthorne in the rookie draft, to be honest. Um, look, I think there's something to work with there, but I think it's... Kind of similar to Magic Door, we're not going to hear from him for about three or four years, and then he's going to maybe uh, start to play some games from there. I can, in in my mind, I can imagine a game in which he plays in the same game as Jarman Impey, and they kick, you know, eight goals between them, and they both get <laughs> and they both get dropped two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can certainly see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's a good call. I like that call. That's good. <laughs> Uh, next player is Matthew Ling, who's uh, from Geelong Falcons. He's a 182-centimetre hey. wingman. Uh, can play on the halfback flank as well. Uh, he's a bit like Rory Atkins, I think. He's um, He was pretty impressive at the champs for me. He averaged uh, just the 14 touches and uh, three tackles a game, but it's what he did with those touches, which I was really impressed with. Uh, he was really good for Geelong all year. Averaged uh, 18 touches and three tackles a game off halfback there too. Um, what are your thoughts on Matty Ling? Honestly, he's probably one of my favourite players in the draft. Um, I'm not saying that I think he's going to go top 10 or anything. I don't think he is. But he's just such a solid flanker, midfielder type. I did a, made a comparison to Lenny Hayes, I think, after the podcast. I might have been during it last week, um, really briefly. I just think he's got a huge slow burn potential, yeah? yeah? 
Like, I think he's a guy that he, you know, he might not play in year one. Year two, he might play, you know, five or six games. And year three, he might play, you know, 18 games. And year four, he might play 22 games. And then year five and year six and year seven, he might be an absolutely first-class midfielder for you. Um, he, I, yeah, he's, I reckon, I reckon you watch him play and you know what you're going to get. And I think that's going to be appealing to clubs. Um He's 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 got good skills. He's got a really he's really steady. He's got a good brain. His uh, uh, disposal is adequate for what he does. Um, he can find the ball. Uh, yeah, he's got everything. Not you know, not not in the uh, Davis Uniaki sense. He's got everything. But you know, if you're looking for like a, a good sort of midfielder to be part of a group and not necessarily be the the linchpin of it, he's right up there for sure. Yeah. Look, I'm a fan. There's sort of two trains of thought with Matty Ling. I think uh, from from people that watch him play, there's one half that reckon he's got absolute elite potential um, for AFL football because he's lightning quick. He's super, super quick. He's got really good raw football, squeak, uh, football mm. speed in terms of his testing results weren't all that impressive. But you watch him play footy, he's bloody quick. Um, he's very athletic. He can weave out of trouble pretty easy. He's got a really nice kick. Um, he's very much going to be that sort of 80-metre type player at AFL level. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other half which say, look, he's too prone to running into trouble. He's too inconsistent, doesn't get enough of the ball, uh, doesn't use the ball as well as he should consistently, and um, he's going to be a source of frustration for, for supporters to come for years and years and years. Um, I think I sit more in that sort of first first line, I reckon. Um, I reckon he's, he's got a lot going for him. Uh, he might have some off days. And, uh, yeah, look, there's probably going to be days where some some of his supporters go, bloody Matty Ling, God, he's useless or whatever. But um, I think by the end of his career, I reckon he's going to be a pretty bloody good AFL footballer. Yeah, well, I mean, look, that's why I'm calling him a slow burner. Like, I guess you could say Brad E, but kind of was too, you know. Um as a guy that, you know, when he's playing at West Coast, they're like, ah, oh, Brady, but he can't kick and yada, yada, yada. And he's sort of, you know, bit by bit, he's got better and better. He's lifted his work rate. He's lifted his fitness. He's lifted all these aspects of his game. And he's actually a really good player. Um, you know, uh, I reckon he's probably probably going to be in a similar trajectory um, in my in my books. So, yeah, no, good on him. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love him at Port. Oh, for sure. I would too. Um yeah, he was uh, one of the first players I sort of earmarked um, at the start of the year when I saw him play. I thought, God, I'd love that. And then we uh, yeah, continued to trade out uh, all of our picks, which was great. Because, <laughs> um, look, I don't know, he's probably got one of the widest sort of draft ranges heading into draft night. Uh, it's some, interesting. As I said, there's two trains of thought on him. Some think he might go mid to late first round. Others feel like he might drop to late second round. Uh, a really... But as we know, all it takes is one club to think that they've uh, they can get the best out of him, and and he'll go. Um, I reckon he'll likely he sort of fits more in that sort of late first round for me. Uh, I reckon West Coast at thirteen would be keen on him. I reckon Brisbane at fifteen um, should be keen on him. I think the Dogs at sixteen will look at him, and uh, if he gets me on there, I reckon Geelong. Him being a local boy. I reckon Geelong, with a couple of picks in the twenties, will uh, will nab him up as well. Yeah, I, look, I reckon he might get that far. Um, and as far as him jumping up and down the draft order, I kind of feel like the draft order is jumping around him mm. um, because it sort of comes down to people's different views on how much they value raw talent or how much they 
value players that have got you know uh, excellent abilities and one fatal flaw and you know vice versa. Um, whereas he is, you know, he's what's won the packet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I, I don't think there's any ex- excitement like you know, oh, they found some hidden ability. Nah, no, we've seen it. It's good, and people decide whether they value that more or less than an athletic freak that can do anything but might not. <laughs> yeah. I will say that I feel like he's more of a wingman than a halfback. He's played most of the yes, year at halfback, yes. but I think he should be played further up the field because I think that way the positives of his game are going to shine out a lot more. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, next player is Cassidy Parrish, who is the brother of uh, Darcy Parrish, who plays at Essendon. Uh, very much a different type of player. Uh, he's a 190 centimetre, 84 kilo inside midfielder from the Geelong Falcons. Uh, he reminds me so much of Joe Botson in terms of his movement, his size, and his strengths uh, and uh, weaknesses as well. Uh, he was one of Vic Country's best performers at the National Champs. He averaged uh, over 20 touches and four clearances a game. Um, but he's very much a handball-type player. He only had 29% of his disposal at the Champs for kicks. Um, at TAC Cup level, he was one of the stars of that competition all year. He averaged uh, almost 28 touches and seven clearances a match. Uh, so he really dominated for Geelong Falcons. was uh, you know one of the keys to their premiership win. Um, and he had a contested possession rate of nearly 50%. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on Cassidy Parrish? Because I'm so undecided on what I think of him, to be honest. I don't like him, um, but the comparison to Joe Watson's giving me pause because he was a, he was slow to get good. Um, but when you know when he was drafted, it took a while for him to actually be a, a real contributor. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like he's Parrish. Now that you said, I think he might be in that same category in that. What I see now from Cassidy Parrish, I think, oh, gosh, he's just doesn't look there. Like, he's getting a lot of it, but I just feel like I, I just have doubts about his ability to elevate to the next level. Like, he's a big kid, yeah, sure, but I just don't know that his, what he does with it is good enough. Like you said, he's very handball-focused, which has limitations because um, mm. he's not got the blistering pace to sort of be that, you know, run and be part of a pack running forward to scare the shit out of the opposition. Like, it's just... That's inside play that is pretty traditional. Um, yeah, I, I I find it very hard to judge him because I, I feel like he is that weird mix of raw. Like he's he's physically a raw player, but I guess he's the opposite of um, GF really. He's he's physically seems like a raw player, but he's got the footy brain. Yeah, and it's just a matter of getting it all to line up. So I, I guess that gives him upside, but then there's also a really great chance that it won't level up yeah it's um it's a strange one i'm i'm i don't know i don't even know what to say <laughs> to be honest yeah, yeah like i've i've thought about cassidy parish possibly more than any other player this draft because i just keep wondering where about he sort of fits because he's clearly got a natural ability to win the football and that's a great thing to have it's a it can sometimes be a rare thing to have you know, to average 28 touches and seven clearances a game uh, in a premiership team, that's a bloody good effort. Um, and look, his clearance winning ability is elite. Now, is that because he's taller than everyone else at the moment? Maybe. It could be. Or maybe he does read the play that well. Um, the things that I don't like is that he just looks so laconic. Now, I'm not just so, sure if it's just his face and his sort of facial expressions, but <laughs> it just... I don't know. He just seems... 
like when everyone else is going full pace, he seems to be going half pace. When everyone else is sort of going half pace, he seems to be going full pace. Uh, I'm not sure if what is going on with that, but it, it sort of does my head in when I watch him play. I think he's actually got a really good, decent turn of speed, but he just doesn't know how to use it yet. Because uh, when he turns it on, he can be bloody quick, but he only does it one or two times a game. Um, I feel like his foot skills are, are pretty average. Maybe that's why he needs to handball first um, yep. quite a few times. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really 50-50 on Cassidy. I feel like there is a core, decent AFL player there. Um, it's just that a club's really going to have to nurture it out of him. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I was just thinking, it's funny, like, you, you know, imagine the club says, oh, we're going to draft him, they don't draft him, and they say, he calls them up after the draft and says, why didn't you draft me? say, oh, your face looks laconic. Yeah. <laughs> mate, just close your mouth a bit, mate, you know? Just, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You look, you look too much like Matty Lloyd. Like, try and look like you're happy to be there, or, or at least yeah. interested in it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Justin Westhoff can get away with it, that's because we drafted him when we probably didn't even know what he looked like at the time. <laughs> Like, oh, so, in, this, in this day I, and age, you can't get away with that. Sorry. So what, what you're saying is he needs a Justin Westhoff beard. Got it. I think so. Beard and, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, um, yeah. But look, he's certainly a noticeable type of player because he is big, he's strong, uh, mm. he's got long blonde hair. Um, he, he certainly stands out uh, on the field. Um, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like he could become almost like a Matt Crouch type. I know there was a lot of criticism of Matt okay. Crouch in his draft year. I know he was rated a lot higher than what Cassidy Parrish is. Uh, but there was many that thought that he would drop a long, long way on draft night because he just looked like he didn't give a shit out there on the field during his uh, his final TAC Cup season and his foot skills were terrible. Um, but then you got him in an AFL environment and he's become a old Australian player within, what, three or four years. So... Uh, I feel like maybe Cassidy Parrish might be the same in that if he does get drafted, and look, there is a chance that he may not get drafted still, but if he does, I feel like um, he might just shine in that sort of environment, but he is going to need a bit of nurturing. Yeah. Um, look, I, mean, I don't think he doesn't get drafted. I think he gets drafted for sure. Whereabouts do you sort of see him fitting? Uh, look, off the top of my head in the 30s if a club likes him but he could fall to uh, I can't even see him falling to rookie um, I can just, I, I think he fits sort of 40 plus potential rookie for me yeah look I mean if a club gets him on the rookie list like that's a really good pick up I think um, yeah that's I think the, so really? too I think uh, yeah. if someone picks him up there I think they've got exceptional value because there's certainly something to work with I reckon yeah, um, yeah. And look, it might just be that Essendon might pick him up at pick 48 so he can play with his brother. Cause, uh, look, that's that's feasible. You know, Jay Watson's um, gone. They probably need another, you know, big-bodied inside midfielder to help out Heppel and take some pressure off Merritt, that sort of thing. Uh, I know they've just got Stringer. Um, now, you know, Cassidy Parrish late in the draft, you know, chuck him on your list for a couple of years, get him to develop. You know, it could, uh, could certainly pay dividends. Now, the question is, do you think Port might be interested? Uh, potentially. I think he certainly fits around that mark. Um, is it worth picking someone that uh, gets that much of the bowl, wins that many clearances? I think it certainly is. Um, do we really need him? 
potentially not. Um, mm. Now that we've got sure. Rockcliffe, like, oh, I was gonna, where's yeah. he going to sort of fit? Well, I mean, there's already the, 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 you know, the scary feeling that maybe we've got a one-paced midfield now. Um, so uh, yeah. adding Parrish, I don't think would change that. I don't think it would improve that situation as far as having a burst speed out of the middle. Mm. Um, maybe if we just draft slow players, we might actually look <laughs> quick. I don't know. Maybe it's like a double <laughs> negative and it becomes a positive or something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. I, I think there might be something in that. But uh, look, I... I think, yeah, I'm, I still don't know. I could talk about him for another 25 minutes, to be honest, because I just don't know oh, where he's going to go. Um, <laughs> we might be interested in him. I don't think we need him, but uh, there's a chance. Like, I don't know. don't know. He's an interesting oh, one. Look, I mean, I guess there's always a possibility that, you know, someone thinks he could be a defender. I don't know. Hmm. In, a pre- in, in a world with a, you know, in a world where the forward press is pervasive, like a guy that can just regularly win clearances, has a decent size and can sort of get it out, and particularly if they can do it by hand uh, to a target that can clear. I don't know, maybe that's useful. I yeah. don't know. I feel like I'm going to go like either, oh, wow, he got picked at pick 31. What's yeah. going on there? Or, oh, wow, he didn't get drafted. What's going on there? <laughs> like that, I think that's either one or the other. <laughs> nah, I, with, reckon, uh, look, I, reckon, Cassidy. I can't see him going any later than the national draft. Okay. I reckon he might still fall to a rookie, but I guess we'll wait and see. He's uh, he's certainly one to watch, and uh, look, I really, really hope he gets drafted um, mm. because okay. I feel like someone's going to get pretty good value out of him uh, if if they can, uh, yeah, get him get him right and uh, get him to improve uh, his kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Next player, Tom McCartan, who is uh, mm. also a brother of. He's the brother of uh, former number one draft pick Paddy McCartan for. St Kilda. Uh, he's also from Geelong Falcons. He plays as a key forward. Um, I thought he really struggled to impact at the champs. He uh, averaged just the six disposals and three marks a game across three matches. Failed to kick a goal. Uh, TAC Cup level with Geelong, he made the best players in five of 11 matches and averaged uh, 12 disposals and five marks a game. What are your thoughts on Tom McCartan? I'm not sure. He... Mm. <clears throat> He does good things, but he vanishes. The fact he, this is the one that really worries me is the fact that he has already had hip and back problems, even if he has come back from them. Um, I mean, it's not like he's a live athletic forward. He's definitely the guy that's gonna, he's gonna be in contests. Yeah. Um. So then there's the sort of the long term durability, and if he does work out. Um. And I also don't think he's the guy that takes a game by the scruff of the neck. Um. I think he can be a. A useful focal point. I, I guess I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a perfect comparison, but I guess I'm comparing to someone like a Travis Cloak. Um, in terms of he will probably be a he could be a player that kicks goals, but that like for me, I never I never watched Travis Cloak play against us and thought, oh, we should be worried. It's just like he was the end result of um, good play, <laughs> you know. And yeah. I kind of feel like he's I kind of feel like he's probably that sort of player in that. Not a Josh, not a Josh Jenkins in in you know uh, the way he plays, but in terms of impact on the side, probably might end up being that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not super thrilled about him. Got a couple of questions from Rumours of Winter on the Big Footy Forum about Tom okay. McCartan. His first one is: uh, Is Tom McCartan the hardest working forward since Nick Rewalt? Maybe. 
Maybe. It's an interesting question. I'm not even sure how to answer that, to be honest. Um, look, Charlie Dixon <laughs> did some pretty <laughs> bloody remarkable running efforts uh, this year. Look, Tom's got elite endurance. He's one of the fittest players he runs in hard. the competition. He runs very, very hard. Yeah, look, I mean, there's no doubt. And he runs, you know, not even when the ball is necessarily going to come to him. Like, he runs to cover and all sorts of things like that. Um, it's a lot. Those are the things to like about him's game. Again, like for me, there just seems to be a lot of red flags, like you know the the, the back problems, the fact that he goes missing. Um, for me, like I was big on Scott Gumbleton back in the day because he was a key forward, but he also had a really good tackle, which was completely irrelevant at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, um, it just kind of feels like it's in that category, like yeah, oh, you know, McCartan's got a really good tank, but you know, if the rest isn't there, then he's got a really good tank. Yeah, if he's not uh, if he's not getting the ball, then it's a, a bit of an issue. Uh, yeah, the sec- second yeah. question was um, how significant are birth dates and uh, missed football when assessing the upside of potential draftees and tolls in particular? And he states that uh, he really likes McCartan as a pick to port. And uh, just on his birthday, he's the youngest player in this year's draft that's likely mm. to get drafted. He's uh, he's a 30th of December boy, so he sneaks in by 24 hours. Um, and look, that uh, you know maybe we should be assessing him a little bit different because of that? Well, look, maybe you could say that we should, but the way we're assessing him is as a prospect for this year's draft. Uh, And the reality is that um, drafting is an inexact science and you need to go by tangibles to a large extent. Um, Yes, talls can have a big turnaround, uh, and that's probably why injured midfielders uh, seem to be more likely to Retain a high pick, but I mean, we're we're a club that's been drafted. Sorry, that's been burned by drafting an injured tall, John John Butcher. Yeah. Um. You know, we, we've we've been in that boat. We've wasted a good pick on a, a tall that didn't work out. Um. Yeah. You know, it happens. It absolutely happens that uh, a player can be injured, and the midfielders may be a little bit more resilient. And I think a guy with McCartan's build, like I said, he's not the the live athletic type. If he's, you know. If he is, does have an injury-prone nature or if that back might be something that might play up again, he might not be the guy that's going to find it easy to get over it and he might not be the guy that comes back from it. Um, so these are big things that we don't know watching it. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. That's a medical test. So that's going to have a huge impact. And then look, he, he works hard. He works hard as a player. So that's definitely on his side. Um but all you can do really is judge him against the other guys in this draft because at the end of the day, it's not a, it's, the draft isn't a quality contest. It's a desirability contest. Uh, and uh, there are guys that are more desirable as a prospect at this point. Yeah. I kind of equate him to Lewis Young from last year in terms of his birth okay. date. From memory, Lewis Young was uh, was born pretty similar. Like he was, he only made the, the draft by a couple of days. And uh, but you looked at his form, and he was picking up you know twenty five touches, fifteen marks, a couple of goals a game um, at uh, SANFL under eighteen's level. Whereas Tom McCartan's not really getting much of the ball, and that's the main my main issue on him. Um, let's talk about his football uh, ability for a minute. Uh, he he runs bloody hard. That's that's fair enough, but when you're a key forward, you just got to kick goals, and he he didn't kick a goal for. Um, for Vic Country at the chance in three games, and he only kicked eight goals, 11 uh, for Geelong uh, for the TAC Cup season as well. So he's one of the worst kicks for goal I think I've seen come through probably in the last five or six years. 
Yeah, that's yeah. That seems harsh, but yeah, maybe. It, it might be harsh, but I just think he's a completely untrustworthy kick for goal. Uh, I, I don't like his ball drop. I think it's faulty. Can it be fixed? Maybe, but we couldn't fix John Butcher's. Uh, there's plenty of other faulty ball drops out there that don't get fixed as well. Um, and it might be something that he can certainly work on, for sure. Um, but because of that, that's the big red mark for me, is that he just does not kick goals as a key forward. And uh, if you're going to draft someone, you want some sort of faith that they're going to hit the target, I reckon. Agree. Like, there's just a lot of... You know, like one or one or even two of these things that we've sort of pointed out as downside are things that, yeah, okay, maybe not impacting too much. But you know, the 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 the, the, the consistency issue, the kicking issue, the the injury past, um, like those three give me a huge amount of pause um, when they're all there together because you need all three of them to work out right for you for him to be the player you want him to be. So yeah. um, that's that's a lot. To, that's a lot. That's a lot to, to hope for. Um, so look, I mean, maybe it, we're being unfair, and maybe he'll go undrafted and he'll get to play as a 19-year-old next year. That'd be fine. I don't think anyone would object to that, but I think the reality is that probably someone will have a crack at him in the rookie draft. So, oh, I think he'll go. He'll certainly go in the national draft, and oh, okay. from, from all accounts, reasonably early enough too. I think well, um, there's clubs that are interested through the second round. I think third round. I think maybe he'll get drafted between that sort of 25 to 50 mark um, because the team's going to look at his endurance base, his hard running, and uh, all the great things he does without the ball and think that we can turn that around when he gets the ball. Well, okay. I don't think it's going to be early, but if it is, then ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> Would I be upset if he gets drafted by Port? I, I don't think I'll be upset. I think I would... Pre- what it, it depends where... It depends who else is available if we really want Correct. another key forward. If uh, if guys like Toby Wooler and Tom DeConning, who I rate as higher uh, potential players than Tom McCartan, are gone, then sure, I'd be okay with us picking Tom McCartan. But if we pick him over someone like Toby Wooler or DeConning... I was saying, oh, I think I would have preferred the other ones. But I'm not going to be too upset about it. Um, look, as I said, I think all the all the stuff he does without the ball is absolute wonderful. It's just when he gets the ball where things sort of break down. And, uh, yeah, you just got to question, is that fixable? If it is, great. If not, we shouldn't be drafting. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yes. That's it. Uh Right. Uh, next player is uh, Grian Myers, who hey. has uh, one of the best names in this year's draft. That's um, so terrible. Grian, it's, uh, it's brilliant. Um, 177 centimetre, 73 ki- uh, kilo small forward or outside midfielder. Uh, also from Geelong Falcons. Um, he's a bit like Luke Dowhouse and uh, a bit like Sammy Gray as well, I guess. Um I'm not sure the Luke Dowhouse comparison isn't just because he's got um, dreadlocks uh, like Luke did as well. And he's small, maybe. I don't know. Uh, But look, he had a great championship, so I thought he picked up 17 touches and four tackles a match. He kicked two goals in the four games. I thought he showed a real ability to keep busy. Uh, But look, he he was a star for Geelong all year. He kicked 50 goals in 17 matches, kicked um, five bags of four or more goals, which was great. 
And uh, he saved the best for last because his grand final was one of the best we've ever seen um, at that level. He kicked seven goals. Um, and the way he kicked the goals were just something to behold. If, if you can find the footage on YouTube, have a look. He kicked them from both feet, from different sides of the boundaries. Uh, he kicked them from in front, kicked them under extreme pressure. Uh, it's one of the best goal-kicking displays we've seen at TAC Cup level. Um in, uh, in yeah. pretty much 10 years since there's still side bottom kick 10 in the granny in, uh, I think, 2008. Yeah. I've had to rethink my opinion of Myers um, a couple of times just in watching because um, he is such a scrappy player. Mm. And I, I, I feel like when it comes to choosing options that aren't either kicking long or kicking a goal, I don't like him so much. But when it comes to kicking long or kicking a goal, he's actually really good. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that is. I, I don't know whether that's that he's better at... I don't know whether he's just maybe not as good as reading the play uh, ahead of him. That I don't know whether that's a fair comment or not. Um, I think his game style will hold up at AFL level if he manages to you know keep it. He's, he's fit, and if he manages to sort of elevate, he'll be able to do that. And the fact that he manages, he manages to find space, I think, is really important too. Um, he's not so much the guy that'll get caught in between a bunch of guys. Like he does know how when to get away, when to separate, and when to when to swoop, which is yeah. hugely important for a forward. Um, and he's just involved in everything. He's just always there yeah. again, except he's he's. I'm like, I think I said that about someone else earlier in the week, but they were a defender, and this guy's a forward. Um, so mm. <laughs> uh, for a forward, for a, for a small forward potentially, oh, that's really good. And the more I watched him, the more I thought. Can I see him at Port Adelaide? And it's like, yeah, he's a he's 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 a real classic sort of Port Magpies sort of player because um, he just he just goes at it. He's maybe not got the most finesse in the world, but he goes at it and he's always there and he just punishes. So yeah, no, I could see I could see him as a Port Adelaide player, and it's just a matter of if you drop that far. I think if we'd kept our, our second round pick, he might have got to us there, but I think we've got no chance now. So that's Grind Myers, that's Brent Daniels, uh, that's uh, Mitch Crowden. We're just all drafting sub one eighty guys, I think. Uh, if, oh, if you um, have the keys to the uh, if you have the keys to the car. Look, Maka, this is you've changed, this is, man. This is like this is <laughs> this is like last year when we had the, the 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 bunch of four midfielders that we'd be pretty stoked. This time it's a bunch of four small forwards, and we might get yeah. one. And if we get one, that's great. And whichever one we get, will be great. Um, that's kind of where I'm at for the smalls. Like we can we can afford one, I reckon. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying draft or four by any means, so mm. don't, don't put that on sure, me. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. You're not. Uh, look, I'm I'm a big fan of Grind, and yes, he is scrappy, and that's why I sort of uh, compared him to Sammy Gray because he's pretty scrappy too. But uh, the difference between him and Sammy is that uh, look, he he does deliver in front of the sticks, and he does kick goals. And uh, look, to kick seven goals on grand final day is a, is a bloody great effort. To kick 50 goals for the season is a bloody great effort as well. TAC Cup level, that doesn't happen all that often. Um, and look, he's just such a competitive player. That's what I love about him. He's just always there and uh, yeah. always competing. And he just needs half half a second, you know, just to sort of win the ball when he's going to do something. And, uh, and he usually does. Uh, he's by no means the finished article. Uh, he missed two absolute sitters in front of the six mm-hmm. uh, against WA, which arguably cost them the game that day because uh, they were absolutely storming and he uh, he blew it, uh, essentially. 
Um, but look, I, I love his contested side to his game as well. Uh, I love the work he does inside 50, obviously. I think um, he can run through the midfield. I think he's got that sort of potential in him. Uh, he might be that sort of Hayden Ballantyne type uh, in the future as well. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when we had our original second round pick, I thought, oh, maybe there's half a chance we might get him. And yeah. then the grand yep. final happened. And then I thought, nah, there's definitely no chance we're going to get him, uh, which is a shame. Uh, but look, I, I feel like he fits in that sort of 20 to 40 range. Uh, I think we're only just going to miss out on him. Um, but I think he's by far the best small forward in this year's draft. And uh, and someone's going to take a punt on him you know, pretty early on, I think. Yeah, let's just confirm. If he's there at our first pick, we draft him, yeah? Oh, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I, I can't think of any other set of circumstances where if he was at our first pick, we wouldn't draft him. No, there's probably a couple of players that I rate ahead of him that might be there, uh, but also may not. But if he's there, I think, yeah, look, we still need that sort of player as well. Yeah. You know, we or... still need a, a goal-kicking small forward because we don't really have one uh, and haven't really had one for, you know, years and years. Uh, yeah. So if he somehow managed to fold a 46, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, because I mean, I think that that needs factor comes in, and the fact that like he, you know, he could play games for us in twenty eighteen if we did get him, um, yeah. because well, the because the depth touch chart, as you said, is so shallow, and second of all, because I think he's got a game that would hold up at AFL level. Yeah, look, he's not one dimensional at all. As I said, no. you, you you watch the goals that he kicked on Grand Final day. There's some from the boundary, you know, hard on the boundary on his left foot, some hard on the boundary on his right foot under pressure. Some dead in front, some kicking it over his head, you know, soccering it through. It's just like, you know, it's almost like a a best of video. <laughs> and they've put all these uh, best moments of the season together, but they were all actually uh, in, in the one game on uh, the biggest day. And uh, look, I think if someone that can perform that well on that, under that sort of pressure on that sort of day, I think, you know, that just automatically bumps them up. But, uh, look, I don't think a club's going to pick him at pick five like we did with uh, Michael Stevens. <laughs> I was going to compare him more to an Eddie Betts in 2004, but, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, he uh, well, he fell to the rookie draft, though, didn't he? But, he yeah, did, he had, didn't he? I still remember his uh, grand final <laughs> day. He kicked a couple of rippers that day, too. He did, right, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Right, uh, yes, let's move on from that... Uh, yeah, fanciful talk of getting grind wise. And, I know. Uh, <laughs> it was fun to imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's great to imagine, isn't it? Talk about a player that we might get, and that's uh, Jordan Johnston, who uh, finally isn't from Geelong Falcons. He's uh, 184 centimetres <laughs> from GWV Rebels. And uh, look, he's also a small forward, plays on a flank, a bit like a Mark LaCroix or a Jamie Elliott, maybe. Um, <laughs> Had Brett Ebert. <laughs> Brett Ebert, yep, yeah, that, that one as well. Uh, any sort of marking small that you can think of. Uh, he's pretty much it. He played just the one championship game, picked up six touches and a goal. His form at TAC Cup level was pretty impressive, though. He averaged uh, 15 disposals and over a goal a game playing up forward. Averaged over three inside 50s and almost uh, five marks a game, too. Kicked six goals early in the season against the Eastern Rangers and uh, was moved up the field a little bit later on um, and did average over 18 touches a game through the last six weeks of the season. Um, I don't mind him. I think he's a pretty exciting player. What are your thoughts? He's a marking small one. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think. I think. Well, if he was marking... 178 centimeters, you'd be interested. 
<laughs> I was just saying, you know, he's, he played a bit in the midfield at the TSA Cup, and sure, that, that's fine. Um, but, you know, Freddie but one of the Geary, didn't he? <laughs> so, yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I see him as being a forward that is a marking small, and I don't rate that. I think you might, I think you might get drafted because there's probably teams that do rate that. I mean, there always are. And I think you might be good value for a team that is happy to draft a marking small. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that as far as what he does, he does it all right. He did kick six in that game. I think the rest of his season was a lot of zeros and ones as well. But then again, he did play part of in midfield. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. He's a, he's a marking small. He's absolutely a marking small. And that has the built-in positives and negatives of that role. Um, if you're playing on a big pitch and you've got a lot of open space for them to run around in and lead and stuff, then they can work out really well. And if your opponent says we're going to keep people back, then they might struggle. And I think he's going to be exactly that sort of player. And I think he's got exactly the attributes you want for it. So it's just a matter of whether clubs value that or not. Yeah, for sure. Um, look, I think there's a lot to like about him. I think he's got good natural ability. He's a goal kicker. Uh, he's a nice kick for goal. He's a strong mm. grab, can take a leap. He's almost like a poor man's Jordan Houlihan. He's also in okay. this year's draft from South Australia. Um, look, I, I can certainly see him being a consistent AFL performer. Yeah, um, I can see him being a, a really good performer in a non-final side. Mm. Yeah, like Brett Eden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like if Carlton draft him, he'll have a good career. Yeah, maybe. I think Frio might be interested. I think North Melbourne, maybe Hawthorne might look at him. Yeah, too. North Melbourne would be perfect for him right now. It would be perfect, yeah. <laughs> um, do I see Port being interested potentially? Um, look, we've just lost Palmer. We've just lost Archie. Monfries is retired. But where are you, um, Thomas? Uh, we're drafting Thomas. Uh, kind of similar players, really. Um, yeah. Look, I, I don't really see Port being interested, but um, I think he falls around that sort of pick range, sort of 40 to 60. I think he'll definitely go in the in the national draft. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of picks in that sort of range. Yep, and I hope we don't draft him with any of them. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, last player we're going to talk about is uh, Aidan Bonner, who's a 188-centimetre player from Dandenong. He plays as a... Kind of a third tall forward or maybe an inside midfielder. There's a bit of Cooter about him, a bit of Charlie Kernow. Uh He played just the four matches this year for Dandenong, averaged 15 touches and a goal a game. Mm. Um, also four inside 50s and uh, a 60% contested possession rate. So he knows how to win the football. Um, the main look, He is the athletic package in this year's draft, just about. Yes. But he's already had two ACLs. Yes, he has. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So where does that make him fit? Because on raw talent, he if he had played the last couple of seasons in full, look, there's every chance he might be talked about as a potential you know, one to three pick. The upside on him is phenomenal. And in this draft, particularly, where there's a lot of guys that have got question marks on them, he could go quite high. Um. I think that we talk about players that have got the most potential upside and downside. I think he's got the most potential. I think he's right. At, he's definitely among those people that have got that huge range, but I think he might go higher than a few of them do. Um, Cause there might be a club that is, there might be a bit of escalation leading up to the draft 
as to how clubs rate him. Yeah. And that might lead that might lead to a club drafting him even as late early as the late first round, which would be a big punt. Um but it could be one that would pay off handsomely. So mm. Mm. um yeah. I think he'll definitely go top twenty. I think he could well odds on favourite to go top ten, even I reckon. Maybe. I reckon uh, St Kilda at seven and eight. They can go a sure thing with one of those picks, whether it's someone like Jack Higgins or Jaden Stevenson or uh, Lockie O'Brien, as we spoke about a bit earlier, and then maybe they can take a punt on someone like uh, Bonner, whose uh, upside is just phenomenal. Like, there's no yeah. doubt. Like he, as I say, he's athletically he's the package. He has a massive vertical leap, equaled the all-time standing vertical record at the draft combine. Also recorded a two point nine twenty meter sprint, so he's bloody quick as well. Like that's you know as quick as you can get, just about. Um, this combined combined with his size, one eighty eight centimeters, he's already well built. He's eighty seven kilos. He's ready to fit in. He's the biggest boy in this draft, I reckon, uh, in terms of uh, bulk and, and muscle mass. Uh, yeah, he's the biggest one in this draft for sure. You know, I, I feel like he's strong. He stands up in tackles. He's got great core strength. Um, it's just the the football side needs to improve. I think. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. A lot of raw talent, but I feel like he's uh, from the football side of things. He has missed the last two years. Yeah, it's and that, that it's, sort of development that you get from just constantly playing football. I feel like he's still pretty raw in that aspect. But what we've seen has been really good. It has. It has. It's just <laughs> yeah. whether someone's gonna like who's gonna take the punt on him. Well, this is the thing where, like, I feel like if he was a South Australian player or a WA player, he might drop a bit further. But there's so many Victorian clubs bidding for Victorian players that there might be just that extra bit of gamesmanship among them. You get that. You get that with, with the draft. And so yeah. it would be fascinating to see who who jumps. And I guess history probably says that the team most likely to jump is probably going to be a bottom club that is just looking for scrambling for bits of extra advantage wherever they can find it. Uh, and the potential of turning, you know, say an early second round pick or whatever it is into a, if it's if he's there, uh, or a late first round pick into a guy that should have gone maybe top five, like that's, for a bottom team, that is super tempting, um, particularly when you've got a bit of time to develop him and you can allow him to sort of, um, you know, not have to play games in his first season if he doesn't have, if he isn't, if you don't, if he doesn't, if he's not entirely fit to, like you can rest him because you're going to be shit anyway, so why not? Yeah. Uh, you can give him the time to get his body right. Um, over a couple of years, which you know he might still need to do, because like you said, he's missed a lot of football. He's got to do, he's got to get up to AFL standard as well, which is tough for any player. Um, yeah. So it's useful for him to, yeah. I, I, but I guess a senior club could go for it for the same reason. Like if you're a team like um, the Crows, and you've got a settled lineup, oh shit, the Crows might go for him. Oh, ah. Yeah, he'd be, he's exactly That's what they chance. want, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's exactly what they want because he <coughs> will go a bit later than he should. They've got to settle on it so they don't need him straight away, but he's got X Factor, and that's what they desperately need. Mm. So I think they're a very strong chance to jump early. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, the Crows will be right into him if he lasts that long, uh, which he, he may not. Like, he, well, could be, he could be gone. Cause I reckon... They've got pick 12, haven't they? They got pick twelve, but as I said, yeah, I reckon well. St Kilda might be keen. I reckon Collingwood might be keen. I reckon the Dogs might be keen if they think uh, if they see him as some sort of stringer replacement. Uh, Carlton at ten definitely keen. 
Um, GWS at 11, they can, you know, they've got talent coming out of their ass. They can probably take a punt on someone like that. Um, I guess it just depends on what, you know, how confident a club's going to be that he is going to reach that potential. Is it worth the risk? Um, How many of these guys that have uh, have done ACLs and, and missed a lot of footy in their junior careers have really become elite AFL footballers? Because I think the the main two that I think of, um, just off the top of my head right now, is probably Bo Mustin and Tom Swift, who are thought of as yeah. potentially, you know, elite players, potentially top five picks of their drafts, and they slid right down, and neither of them really did much, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's going to come down to the club's individual risk profile, I guess, and that's why I'm thinking the Crows are really strong now because if any team can afford to blow a first-round pick right now, they can um, because they didn't want a first-round pick anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think they cared too much. So if he works out and he becomes the superstar, then they look like geniuses, and if he doesn't work out, well, by the time everyone knows, they'll be rebuilding anyway. Um, so it doesn't matter. Um, this is exactly the time for them to take that sort of punt, I reckon. Um, interesting. Yeah, Crows are my fan favourite. Mm. Mm. Well, he could be anything from Adam Goods to Cam Ellis Jolman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In the, in the end, he could be like an absolute genuine superstar, and I think he's got the raw talent to get there. Mm. But man, like, I don't know, two ACLs already. Like, it's gonna. Well, I should say two ACL surgeries already because the I think yes. the first graft didn't uh, didn't stick, so they had to redo it. So it wasn't a traditional. He's done. He's done it twice. Um, no. But yeah, look, good luck to anyone that picks him up. And uh, he's one. Yeah, he's one that I'm certainly going to be uh, looking out for in the future because I reckon he's got insane X factor and, and could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Agree. Yes. Do you have any other players that you want to talk about from the um, country? Look, I don't. Accept, I just want to say from last from Monday. I've been watching more football since then because it was Cup Day here on Tuesday and I didn't watch the Cup. Uh, and I just more and more think that Warple should go early. I just want to say that. That's all I had to say. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the more I see, the more I think, yeah, no, nah, he's got it. <laughs> yeah, look, I agree. I, I'm a big fan of James Warple and I hope he goes earlier than what uh, is being sort of bandied around at the moment. I think people are bored of him because they've seen him last year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Look, I... Got a few players. I mean, Bailey Henderson, we probably could have talked about in a bit more detail. He's a 188-centimetre um, midfield slash uh, forward flanker. He's got pretty good skills. Um, but I think his impact is just not there at the moment. I feel like he's just a bit vanilla. Um, but I think there's potential for him to grow into a pretty decent player. Uh, Aiden Quigley is someone that um, will probably get drafted at some point. He's a, he's a pretty well-built small uh, I like the, I really like the way he goes about it. He might be good value as yeah. a rookie pick. Uh, Lloyd Meek, who's a uh, no. overage ruckman, N- not a fan. <laughs> no, he's he, he he's exactly that. His surname. He he looks the part, but he doesn't play it. Nah. <laughs> oh. He looks he looks like he's twenty five and he plays like he's forty. <laughs> <laughs> Fair One of those situations where the surname sort of. Uh, comes to life. In my view. Well, we're, we're talking about WA next week, and there's a player with the last name Redhead 
in, uh, in Ruckman there who is a ranger. So that's uh, yeah. that's great as Shocking. well. I like that. Um, and the other one is Aaron Darling who missed the whole year with an ACL. Uh, I thought he looked quite good as a bottom major last year. And uh, yeah, hopefully someone gives him an opportunity. Yeah, well, of those ones, Henderson is one that I had also noticed, um, but I just didn't think I'd seen enough to make me think, oh, yeah, definitely. But as far as Rocky prospects, yeah, I reckon he's had to be around the mark. He seemed pretty consistent and uh, involved in a, a lot of, I suppose, stopping forward plays, which in a team as bad as Benigo was this year, he had a lot of opportunity to do it, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know how to judge him, and I haven't taken any real notes on him because I just didn't bother. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. He he's certainly merits uh, observation. Tyrone Hayes is another one that uh, is pretty small. He's 176 centimetres. He looked pretty decent last year, but hasn't really gone on with it this year. And I hope Dalton Langlands gets drafted because I reckon that's uh, that's a wicked name. That is not bad. It, that's not bad. It's not going to beat out Rough's Edge, but yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. That's it. Well, that's it for this evening. Hey. Done. One wow. state left to go. Have, have you noticed that all of these draft ones were going over time? <laughs> We are, we are, yes. There's just so much to talk about. There it's is. ridiculous. And mm. crazy in a draft that's considered not all that great. I think we're just windbags, Macca. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I think we like the sound of our own voices, really. That's, uh, I, I, think you might, I think you might be right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No worries. Until next time, okay. can the pair. Can, Ports. Gets the ball across towards a teammate. Ritz hand pass, though, slapped. And now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the 50. Lines up. Bacon goal square. How about this? This is breathtaking.